Welcome to The Art of Semi-Fiction. I am Robin Miller. And I'm Jane Daly. And today we're going to be talking about increasing stakes. If you remember several episodes ago, we said we'd do it. So here we are fulfilling our promise we're doing that it. we would be doing it. So, Jane. Yes. Robin. What? 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 <laughs> you crack me up. What is your definition of stakes for all of those out there who are, who are thinking stakes on the Barbie? No, stakes are literally what's at stake to create conflict in your novel. So it's either physical death, could be spiritual death, psychological death, uh, financial death. Any yeah. kind of death or or loss is is stakes. Exactly. Is that what Any, you would say? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And some I think that death is definitely the ultimate stakes, but it could be something that is just tragically it's 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 super important whatever mm-hmm. it is and um like we've we've talked about when you watch something or pick up a book you're not picking up a book just to see like almost like a trail cam experience you know the deer walking by there's got to be some reason there has to be conflict yeah, so, or or it's just not going to be interesting because yeah. you've i've picked up a book you've picked up a book or we've started watching a movie where you it's it's like happy people in happy land and you're like yeah, i don't exactly, i don't want to exactly, watch this because exactly because so, yeah what's the point right it, and the conflict like you said and that was that was a great point some people think that stakes have to be external peril so some, you know, somebody's trying to come kill them or something outside, but the, but you can have internal stakes too, emotional mm-hmm. and spiritual stakes. You're, you may be wavering in your faith. You know, the character might be wavering in their faith or they may, uh, betrayal might be on the horizon and that could just crush them and send them spinning. So there's a lot of things that can be stakes, but what the, you were absolutely right. It's whatever is at stake for. The characters, and it's important that it is some big risk. It mm-hmm. has to be something that um, is really important. It cannot be. And we've joked about this already. I cannot be. You know, if I go to my favorite bakery, will I get the last roll? You know, who cares? You right. know, that may be important to you. Nobody else is going to care. Right. So it is important that it has a little bit more of a global and larger scale kind of. Um, yeah, it conflict. can be. It can be as literal as being chased through the woods by a knife wielding madman, or yeah. it could be um, something internal where um, the, your main character has to overcome some mental or psychological uh, mountain. Yep. And you mentioned this, we're going to talk about a few uh, samples. Okay. But you mentioned in, in one of them that we've talked about now, Francine Rivers, the last sin eater. Um, and it's a good point to make here those stakes aren't just for your main character mm-hmm. either. You have to have everybody have something at stake. Even your even your protagonist. Mm-hmm. I mean, your antagonist has got to have something that is at stake. Otherwise, why is he the antagonist right. or she? So what's the point? Yeah. Exactly. So we're going to look at a couple of samples. Francine Rivers' last senator. I just said, and you said you've you've watched the movie. I watched the movie, and it was very powerful. There were a lot of stakes. Lots of stakes. But I mean, not only just the psychological, but there was also the physical stakes. Of, it, ex- because exactly. There was bodily threats and, and spiritual bodily harm. And it was yeah. just saturated with spiritual stakes. Oh, so so it, it, in that one, there is a little girl who thinks that she's responsible for something. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to seek atonement. So that's one right. of her biggest. She's, she's bucking family traditions, her community's traditions. 
sins and physical danger in order to get that atonement that she mm-hmm. is so hungry for. And her, because. And she's willing to face death. So yeah. there's a physical and a psychological death yeah. at stake. Exactly. And then, then spiritual comes into it because there is a moment where she has to, again, buck all of the, the community and mm-hmm. what they say and the parents and everything to seek a spiritual input into her life. Yep. So that's her stakes and, and reconciliation with her, her mom because she thinks she's totally destroyed any chance of being a full daughter in this mm-hmm. family because of what she's done. Um, but you mentioned that there was there are other stakes because she befriends a boy mm-hmm. and he has... Well, he's threat. He's physically threatened by his father with death. I yep. mean, he gets beaten and you know is left for dead. So yep. his his stakes are are physical. Yeah, and also and also also ostracizing. Oh, oh ostracism. I don't know what is, ostracism. Yeah, thank you. I'm having trouble with my words today. My big words. Um, being ostracized from a society. When you're in a rural, small, mm, remote small location, mm-hmm. that's not just like, well, it would be horrible if it was in the middle of a city. But there, they would have to literally leave their physical home mm-hmm. and their community and their family home. So there's a lot of stakes in there, which is part of why it's riveting. It's a riveting right. story. Um, Cynthia Recti, uh, her latest novel, Miles from Where We Started, the stakes there are there's a young couple who's new, newly married, and they're... They're exiting their marriage. They're on the brink of wow. saying, we're done within, I think it's a couple of years. Um, and of course, their faith is taking a knock and the husband's business is failing um, or, or, is it, or is at risk of failing. So there's plenty of stakes there as well. And um, I was mentioning one of the books that we were assigned that I'd never heard of this author, but she's very famous, world famous, um, New York Times bestselling author, apparently, Alanda Ferrante. She wrote a book called My Brilliant Friend. And it's about her her life growing up where there was in Italy with mafia and other things, oh. kind of their their society. But there's physical death and there's reputation loss and there's loss of, of relationship and friends, depending on who you're friends with and how it all plays out. Mm. And, and it's really, really complicated. Um, but there, But again, there's so many stakes for so many of the characters that it's just a riveting story. Hmm. So even if you don't really like kind of mafia things, and I wouldn't have picked it up because... It's not Little House in the Parade. So <laughs> I wouldn't have picked it up. But it was it was absolutely brilliantly done mm-hmm. um, because of the number, the volume of stakes. There were so many characters with stakes. Um, so I hope we've established that stakes are needed. Stakes are important. To keep your reader keep riveted. Your, your key, yes, to keep your reader interested. But, of course, nobody really wants to know just that it's important. They want to know how to do it. That would be my next how question. How to do it. So I've got eight points, and I'm going to try to zip through them. Um, and I know that this is something that we've talked about because we, we are in a writing group together and also just talk writing all the time, all the time. I'm trying to give an excuse of why, of why we might not just talk writing all the time. There are no excuses. Yes. We're only reasons. Um, so what, one tip is to make the, a wise choice when you enter a story. So yeah, we've talked about that of where do you actually enter a story, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. Yep. And why, why would that be important? Well, you want to enter the story at a at a time. So like your very first few lines are kind of establishing your where you are. Mm. But then something has to come along immediately and interrupt that little 
life, you know, because yeah. you're coming into normal life, boom, there has to be some sort of disruption. And it doesn't have to be gunshots. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, someone breaking through your front door. It could be a phone call that yeah. you were not expecting. And that's about to change the trajectory. Mm-hmm. And I, I just wrote a quick example. If your POV character, your point of view character is a painful introvert and has been all their life, choose a moment when their world is about to be turned upside down. Perhaps their parent is dying and they will lose their job and home because maybe they've been caregivers. Mm-hmm. So that's one where if they've been an introvert all your all their lives, you're not going to start the story 10 years before the the moment where things are about to change. Because mm-hmm. then we're just going to say, and she went, you know, she ordered her groceries on Tuesday and left her money in an envelope under the mat on, you know, on Wednesday. It's going to be just mundane, boring stuff. Right. You want to enter it in when something is happening that will change what the status quo is. Right. So number two is make sure the stakes are personal to the main characters. Don't have the conflict happen around them with little impact to their lives, no matter what happens. So they can't just be watching the conflict. It's pretty important that they have something at stake. Mm -hmm. So if in my introvert example, if, her parents were dying, but leaving her a million dollars and she could stay in her little introverted world, then them dying really isn't a big deal. Because That's not stakes. No, because she's still, I mean, yeah, sad that her parents are dying, but she's going to be able to, nothing will change in her world. She can still order her groceries. She can still not interact with society. But, but if in the will, her parents say, you don't get the million dollars until you spend a year in. Yes. Italy, now that, um, now that changes things. That would be stakes. Exactly. She has to actually travel out of the country. She's never had a passport. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of, that could be, that could be stakes. Exactly. But if it happens to somebody else and it has no, there's absolutely no reason. So, so I'm thinking of to, to kill a mockingbird. Mm hmm. Scout was watching what was happening. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of stakes going on around her and, you know, people in jail and, and communities and racism and all that stuff. But it was also impacting her. It was changing how she formulated, you know, what society is and what fairness is and what racism was. Mm-hmm. So it changed her. So even though she was, in a sense, watching all this through the, through the eyes of a little girl, she was, it was impacting her profoundly. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't, if she was just recounting the story, maybe she's not the best one to tell the story because she doesn't have any emotional, like money in the game. There's no connection. Yeah. No money in the game. No skin skin in in the game. Skin in the game. That's right. I am so not cool. Um, So with that in mind, make the personal stakes part of a larger conflict. So in the example with my introvert, what if the ward what, what if they were, there's also a ward of the introvert or the grandparents or something living in the house. And what if she'll be lost into the foster care system if the introvert can't find a way to function in society? Mm. So maybe now we've got the ward has conflict because she might, she's lost her grandparents and maybe lost her, maybe lose her home and her connection to her only biological relative. We've got, you know, we've got stakes growing. Make make the personal thing that has to happen. So it's now not just about the introvert needing to overcome her fear of people and society, but there's also another life hanging mm-hmm. in the balance. Yeah. That's the way that would to increase your stakes. So that's a way of taking personal stakes and connecting them to a larger mm-hmm. picture of stakes. And you don't want just little like little stakes that are all kind of floating, you know, separately. You want them somehow interconnected to the main POV character in some way, Mm -hmm. some way. Um, 
Oh, here's a here's a good one. Number four is make sure there's a deadline. Ooh, yeah, yeah, because you don't want it to drag on forever. And you want to know you, you want to doesn't a reader want to know that something has got to happen at some point? At some point, you can't yeah. you can't just say you know this is the, this is our issue and it may be resolved in ten, fifteen, twenty, a thousand years. Who knows? You want to they want to know that some deadline is coming so that it'll be resolved that they'll have emotional satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So that there's a some sort of satisfactory ending. Yep. So if you're if you're you have mm-hmm. conflict, but you have but you're like eh, it's not it's not quite as amped up, it's not quite as tension filled as you'd like it to have. Put a deadline on it in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, she's got six months to live. They've got three months to figure out this introvert thing before they lose the house. You know, they've got if this next contract doesn't come through, the business is lost. Something where there is a yeah, deadline. I, for example, recently read um, My Sister's Keeper. Mm-hmm. And I know that it was a movie, but I just never saw the movie. And I just recently read the book. Every single character had a stake in some way. And there was a deadline. If mm-hmm. she, if, if the main character didn't give her kidney to her sister, her sister was going to die. Yeah, that's a deadline. Yeah, that was a deadline. <laughs> that, was that was like a very really, strong, really deadline. high stakes. Exactly, and that's and it's funny how you don't necessarily think about that when you're reading. I don't think what is the deadline of this thing happen. If it's organically put mm-hmm. in, you will you will know that there's a deadline, but not. It doesn't even have to say on Tuesday the twelfth of, you know, yeah. this is when all this is going to come. And courtroom dramas do this really well because they're 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 generally within say a week or two week time when you get to court, so you know that there's going to be a verdict at the end. It's going to be at the end of this yeah. trial. There's going to be either a guilty or not guilty verdict, and in between are is all the drama that happens to the main characters. Yeah, and I, I was I never ever watch the shows that I watch are pretty much cooking shows singing competition shows. I got my 12-year-old into me now involved in uh, Ninja Warriors. That's really cool. That is an inter- that yeah. Is, that's super cool. Okay, so there's a yeah. lot of stakes in Ninja Warriors. There, there are a lot of stakes. <laughs> but I was recently with my 18-year-old, and he likes cop shows, as 18-year-olds are supposed to. And I, I would say, okay, I'll, if you watch an Alaska show with me, I'll watch that. Kind of, mm-hmm. we, we did that little dance for a while. And I was ta- I was really... Because I, I don't like them. I don't like scary stuff. I don't like blood. I don't like any of that. I don't like it at all. But I, I let my mind think about it as if each episode being a novel and there was always a deadline. For some of those cop shows, there literally is, you know, you have 24 hours to find the girl or she's going to die kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, deadlines. But there's always some sort of external deadline, not just yeah. we've been chasing this guy for years. There's some reason why now this episode is showing this story and it has to resolve by a certain time or everything's going to go kind of hor- horrible. Mm-hmm. So those stakes that we were talking about, that they not only have to be there, but they have to really, really drive the story forward. So we want we want to kind of keep that in mind. Um, number five is make sure your characters have consequences for their choices, but don't make a beeline for the best one because mistakes right. are human, yeah. right? So, so if we know that, for example, um, in your kidney, you know, the, the kidney transplant, maybe she didn't really want to go through that because she was scared scared of giving it, maybe scared of surgery or something. Oh, so, she didn't want to give it. So maybe that was the whole conflict: is she did not want to give her sister the kidney. Well, and and 
if you're in that situation, aren't you going to say, are there any other options? Are there, what else can we do? Can we look at dead people who don't care anymore about their kid? You know, right. those are the, th- those are the ways that we can s- see the character and understand their own fears. Well, and another thing is that, um, I was at a, a writer's conference and I went to a workshop by Donald Moss, hmm. M-A-A-S. And he, Anyway, I won't go into his history, but he said, have your main character do something that they wouldn't normally do as a result of those stakes. So if your character normally would respond with, oh, that's okay, I'll take care of it, have your main character say, no, you are so on your own. Just totally different because that will also increase the exactly. stakes because we we don't always respond the same way exactly and if you do have your character does something don't always make it well then that solved part of the problem and then we do another thing and that solved that another solved problem right. we want to increase the tension and remember we're inc- this the whole talk we're giving is increasing stakes have them make mistakes have them have little setbacks mm-hmm. have them make a decision that is poor so that maybe out of their own fears or their own foibles and flaws so that their the stakes are even more amplified because now they've either wasted time or they've made the problem worse. Mm-hmm. They've cheesed somebody off. They needed to be kind right. to whatever. Maybe in that, maybe in that case, if she was like, I don't want to give my kidney. So I'm going to search a database of other people. And her sister finds out about it and says, I am your sister and you won't even just jump to giving, you know, that, that then the tension between their relationship because of her poor decision could raise the stakes. Cause it's just another level of tension. Okay. Create. And we've kind of mentioned this already. Number six is create smaller stakes and scenes and chapters. Your, your main POV character can't be the only one who has something at stake. Right? Exactly. And, and we, you, you mentioned it with the Francine rivers, um, the last sin eater, that there were other characters there who had some serious stuff yeah. at stake, physical stuff, mm-hmm. and so safety and all sorts of things. So that's important, and and that's one person's stakes are the driving force of the whole reason for for a, a story or whatever. But we need to have something going on around them too. Other people mm-hmm. involved in something that has some peril. Okay. Number seven, put your main character into situations where their flaws and fears and foibles are exposed and tested. So what kind of what we just said. Yeah, what yeah. you yeah. And in our introvert thing, we're gonna have to have her go out of the house, right? right? Just even her walking outside is going to be a big deal. You know, I read a book about a, a novel. We're probably gonna get close to time, but I read a novel about a guy who was an agoraphobic and a little girl upstairs befriended him. And she, through the course of events, got him to get out of his house, like two mm. steps out. And then the next time it was four steps until she, he was finally walking her to school. Wow. Because her mother was a drug addict anyway. So more stakes. More but stakes. there was huge stakes. Yeah. But you have to put them into those situations where their real character is going to be both negatively exposed that they're right. afraid or going to be positively exposed. Well, yeah, and it's not like, oh, all of a sudden in this book, he was, you know, he was fine. It, yeah. There was a lot of drama. Yeah. Well, and, and that's that's a good point, too. You can't just say we have an agoraphobic or we have a painful introvert or whatever we have. And then we gave him a self-help help yeah. talk. And then that afternoon, they were fine. He was fine. Yeah. So we can't do that. And number eight, and the final one is make sure you add a twist. 
Right. I love twists. Tw- I know you love twists. I had a, I had an experience, um, and I can't remember we talked about it on a previous podcast, but my 12-year-old and I are writing a book. And we were talking about it as we were in Home Depot looking for something. <laughs> and we had just finished some, um, figuring out what the main conflict was and what the main drama was. And we were both super excited. And he was waiting while I was choosing knobs for um, cabinets. And I turned around with tears in my eyes because I just realized what the main character did that was like a total twist. And I, I didn't know he was going to do that. And I'm, I'm literally crying because it was such a powerful twist. And I couldn't get it out for a minute. But when I told my son, he was like, he was <laughs> crying at the depot. And, and it was oh, so exciting. So you're the sobs that I heard uh, yeah, when that I would was be, down there that looking would be for, us. for But But that's the, that's the power of a twist. Yeah. When you have somebody doing something you didn't expect, even if you've done beautifully a, a job of ramping up your, your stakes through the whole thing, you've got a lot of conflict and tension. If you can throw something unexpected at the end, it's the most exquisite. It's going to captivate your readers. It's, it's, it's an exquisite kind of moment in, in writing. And, and predictability is the absolute, it is a fire extinguisher to all, all flames. Oh, so always. Yeah. So there we go. So there's eight tips on how to increase stakes. I right. am Robin Miller. I am Jane Daly. You have been listening to The Art of Semi-Fiction. Where we explore every corner of the written word. Thank you for joining us. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks a lot.